welcome to Ad Lib. This is Brian Breaker, editor of Ad Age, and I have a question for you. Have you heard the word? It's all about voice. Recent research has found that smart speakers such as Amazon Echo, Google Home, the Sonos One, will be installed in over 70 million U.S. households by 2022 reaching about 55% of all homes. That is more than half. Total installed devices will exceed 175 million. That is a lot of skill. To help us break down what this all means for consumers, marketers, content providers, nonprofits, and more, we're joined by Doug Robinson, CEO of Fresh Digital Group. Robinson's team has built some 400 skills for clients ranging from ESPN to BMW and UNICEF to Toys R Us, among many others. With its own homegrown data management platform, Fresh Digital is well poised to understand how consumers are using these smart speakers, what's coming down the pike in terms of the tech, and what people just get wrong about voice. So it is my pleasure to welcome Doug Robinson to the show. There were, what, 30 million devices in the market before Christmas, 10 million some odd people woke up that morning with new devices. What is, what's happening out there? What does this mean to you? Well, what we really like is the idea that there'll be a device in every room of your life, right? So right now, there's one in the kitchen, maybe there's one in the bedroom, but pretty soon, there'll be one in the bathroom, there'll be one in your office, there'll be a piece of your car. So regardless, we'll be able to use our voice to interact and create kind of uh, better ideas or utilities or engagement, et cetera, Mm -hmm. uh, wherever we are. And so that's, that's what's super exciting. Is it exciting? Because when I hear there's one of these things in my bathroom, I get a little nervous. Yeah. I, I, and before we get into the uh, the, the nitty gritty, but what's the uh, wh- how do you get past the creep factor here when you talk <laughs> when you talk about who are some of your clients? Who are you building these skills for? Okay, well, so we're building them for UNICEF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with a lot of music artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we really like the nonprofit side. Mm-hmm. We like on the brand side. Uh, work with some of the bigger media agencies mm-hmm. um, and on the uh, the artist thing what I think is really exciting mm-hmm. is the idea of creating this new experience where I not only get to hear the track but I can get a behind the scenes or I can get a brand integration or I can get mm-hmm. a contest for tickets just by waking up every day and saying you know Alexa or mm-hmm. Google Home do this so mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool so um, almost like a like a rap genius for every song that you know. Tell, I mean, the metadata, a, who's playing on this track? We know that people like to do a little karaoke on them. <laughs> we, we know that there's a there's a big gaming component. Mm-hmm. We also for sure know that there's a way for families to get together and you know do stuff like normal families used to do. So that's kind of cool. Games and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, is the can, can I just pause? Is the swerving a problem? Or is it? Yeah, you, um, yeah, I can't swerve. Because <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> this chair is like this is like, this is like totally. I my know chair. we need to get. It's like an awesome get, chair. This is like totally. Like that really <laughs> and I almost should have that. I really should have that. I'm literally like because I sit in my office in my conference room literally. <laughs> Yeah, I almost like fell off the chair. (laughs) 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 All right. 
Awesome. All cool. Right. Great. So. Where, was, where did we leave off? We were talking about music, but um, all right. So you, you so, so you're, you're, there's one of these devices in every room in the home, uh, be it Google, Amazon. Who's who's winning right now? Who? What, well, Amazon's clearly winning. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is, from a distribution standpoint, mm-hmm. they have the market share. Mm-hmm. Who's smarter? Google. Still already. I mean. Absolutely, but the, what's cool is that the devices get smarter every day. Right. So the more I use it, the smarter it understands me. The device itself is smarter. Absolutely. So right. if you use the device once a week, mm-hmm. it doesn't really know you. Mm-hmm. Use the device once a day, use the device 10 times a day, it starts mm-hmm. understanding how you talk when you're happy, how you talk when you're sad. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do we look at the behavioral um, lane of what you do with the device? Like when I wake up in the morning, Alexa, what's the weather? Right. You know, when I come home, what's my routine? Alexa, good night. Mm-hmm. So all of those things are pretty cool because you can really start creating a way for Alexa to turn off my lights, start my coffee, turn mm-hmm. on the TV, um, you know, do things that me and my family want to do or just do stuff for me. And that's mm-hmm. where the utility comes in. Um, you have called the Echo a Trojan horse. Or at least I read an interview where you called it that. What did you mean by that? Well, we, we think it's a supercomputer. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a supercomputer. It's a $30 supercomputer. Mm-hmm. And so if the Echo can teach you a language while you're brushing your teeth, help you sleep better at night, get your family or your kids to exercise where they can impact other people's lives, then mm-hmm. it's a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than the cell phone because I don't get a cell phone when I'm three. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, maybe I get a cell phone when I'm eight, and I probably don't want to use a cell phone when I'm eighty. Mm-hmm. So the Echo is something that can span that entire spectrum mm-hmm. uh, from three to eighty, mm-hmm. and so that's that's definitely a Trojan horse, in my opinion. Yeah, and there was an NYU marketing professor who called it, who said that we were approaching the Amazon singularity. Uh, but you're, st- <laughs> but you're saying Google is smarter. Um, we know as of today yes. that when you look at the NLP and the machine learning of Google, yeah. there's a reason that Google's been figuring things out yeah. for us for decades. Right. right. What Amazon brings to the table is the trust factor that I believe in when Amazon gives me recommendation. Yeah. I love when Amazon says you need this. Yeah. I'm happy people are even letting Amazon in their homes. I mean, you know, the idea of the trust with Amazon is there and Amazon is invested a lot more early on in the idea of these devices. I mean, 5,000 people go mm-hmm. to work on Alexa every day, mm-hmm. and that's been happening for a while. There, the, way, the way I've sort of understood it so far is that there are almost behavioral differences in terms of how people interact with these. Alexa or, or Amazon feels much more transactional, whereas Google, the way you described it even just now, is a little more behavioral. Uh, is that an accurate... Or At this sort of point, I would say yes. I mean, the idea is, my five-year-old says, I, "My five-year-old says, what's a you know, what's a what's an elephant?" Mm-hmm. Go ask Google. Okay, Google, what's an elephant? Mm-hmm. When you ask Alexa, she doesn't necessarily have that contextual mm-hmm. you know lane yet, but she's building it. Mm-hmm. So again, when I say Alexa, what's an elephant? She might say, uh, "I don't have that answer for you right now, but if you'd like me to open up." X skill, mm-hmm. maybe that can help you. Mm-hmm. So she's learning context, mm-hmm. whereas Google already has it. 
And so when you look at scale, right, because 70% of the market is Amazon, then that scale means that she's going to learn pretty fast. Right. Um, so even if Google's better today, mm-hmm. it may not matter in a month because Alexa already has scale. So what are we talking about in a year if we're back here doing this podcast again in terms of Amazon versus uh, Google and what they've... In a year, globally, it's going to be a pretty even race because Mm -hmm. Alexa right now can only do English, German, and Japanese, Mm -hmm. even though she's launching in 80 countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Google can basically... Do any language it wants. Yeah, Google Translate is the biggest. Google Translate is fantastic. AI so project in the world, right? So I could be in Burkina Faso in this little village, mm-hmm. and it could speak my dialect tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does our entire village pull our pennies together to buy one device? <laughs> you know, that that mm-hmm. could be where we're at. So, mm-hmm. or maybe UNICEF can send them. Um, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amazon. You know, as just this week, there's you know reports that they're looking into talking to companies about de- delivering ads through Alexa, whether it's Procter and Gamble and Clorox. What is that going to? How is that going to affect the user experience? Do you think? And how and the user trust? It's uh, a little tricky. Yeah, very very tricky lane. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year mm-hmm. they had booted out uh, a company because they had wanted to infringe upon those advertising thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is how do brands stay relevant in this medium? And mm-hmm. so it's pretty critical that some lane of advertising is developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, as we've said, it's a utility-driven vehicle. So how does the advertising and the utility come together? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's never been what marketing, per se, has been effective at. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's necessary and needed now. I mean, if anyone's got the data to pull that off of, you would imagine it would be an Amazon. They have enough data to <laughs> understand what you want to do, how you want to do it, and yeah. how you want to buy things. Yeah. You guys have built about 400 skills at this point? Correct. And you have a voice DMP to help brands optimize experience. What is the sort of through line or the main sort of themes there for what makes an effective skill? So an effective skill should be really creative. Mm -hmm. And you should want to update and optimize it regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to either obviously identify your audience or know how to expand it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of skills have struggled with retention. What we find and where we've been successful in in having better retention than most is, again, constantly making new content Mm -hmm. that resonates with the audience. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the, the idea that this is kind of your little virtual assistant is where people should start thinking about it, Mm -hmm. right? So today, maybe it's not the smartest little virtual assistant, but again, if I keep using it and I understand it and I talk to it in the way that it wants to interact with me, then it gets a little cooler. I I don't mind if it makes a mistake. Mm -hmm. I enjoy where it adds value. I expect it to be a part of my day. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to interacting with it, you know, hourly or whatever it is. And so that's, it's kind of that line of thinking um, that, we love because then brands aren't just throwing a you know million dollar thirty second commercial mm-hmm. on the screen or to my ear because that's not going to work for me. Is there an, is there a sort of notion that you have to commonly disabuse brands of when they come to you? Yes. Which is we mm-hmm. want them to stop thinking about 
you know, 10-second jingles and, hey, look at us, here we are, but to more offer me as the consumer a long-term value, mm-hmm. right? This is a long game. This is a game of how do we understand the behavior, how do we figure out um, how to personalize these experiences, and then how do we really drive engagement that brings us to uh, a better utility for the end user. Mm-hmm. And what do you, what's the... Um most common sort of mis- misconception, I guess. I guess. That it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it's, it shouldn't be that big a deal or it shouldn't be that expensive or what? what they are expensive? Well, how much does a good I skill mean, cost I, to make? A good skill costs about 100000 Wow. I mean, a good app costs 100000 200000 mm-hmm. And there's not 50 million people that can access my app, but mm-hmm. there's 50 million people that can access your skill. Right. Why is it called skill? That's something I never. So the so she's all because she's always learning and and your job is to teach her a skill. Okay. So you you know it's our job as the owner to teach my little virtual assistant. Here's a skill that I want you to do. I want you to understand how I order Uber. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand when I ask for the weather that soon when you're smarter you'll suggest a coat that I should wear. You'll mm-hmm. suggest should I order you a Starbucks. You'll help me make suggestions to be more efficient in my day-to-day interaction. Is that a big ask of the consumer to say, like, okay, she's going to learn over whether it's Google or Amazon, she's going to learn over time. It's weird to refer to her as a she, I guess. It's it's going to it's going to learn over time, uh, but it's not there yet. Just have patience. I would imagine a lot. There's got to be people out there like I don't want to help teach this thing. I want it to either work or not work. The consumer expectation is already there. Right. That, that this it device works. works. But it doesn't but, always. But when but when you got your, your first cell phone, <laughs> the expectation was that it would just make calls. And then the yeah. expectation was it would do these texting things. And then the expectation was I could watch video. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, it's my personal remote control of the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, that lane took six to ten years. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen in the next two. Wow. wow. These are facts. <laughs> what what are the metrics behind like what makes a successful skill? If you're going to say okay, this skill was a hit, what are the numbers behind that? At this you mean point? on a, on a number like a daily users? Either the yeah, number of downloads, daily daily usage. So about six months ago, that number of users to date mm-hmm. would be around like five thousand, mm-hmm. right? So we let's say we launched something in June, and we're having this conversation in end of July, and you're like, we have 5,000 people. That would be outstanding. Mm -hmm. Then let's say September, that number now is moving to thirty to Mm 50,000. And now today, that number is really Mm -hmm. 100,000. Which is not, doesn't sound like a huge number when you're talking about it. Doesn't sound like a huge number, but Mm -hmm. when you're thinking of like a Jeopardy, Mm -hmm. that number is probably closer to a million. Mm -hmm. So... The thing, a couple of things that are really easy for people. I want to listen to sounds. I want to listen to weather. I want to listen to music. Mm-hmm. That stuff's super easy. It's our job, per se, or brands' jobs, or you know, whoever to kind of help consumers think better around other use cases than those three. Turning off my lights, you know, stuff like that. Um, I was just on a call with a guy, and I was telling him there's a great skill that helps dads know when the dog's been fed. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is come home at 8 p.m. and know if the wife or the kids have fed mm-hmm. the dog. And they why, why has it got to be a dad? It's got to be a dad. Fair enough, touche. <laughs> no, I actually could use that skill. 
I never know if my my dude is eating or not. Yeah. Um, Super utilities. But so talk about discovery then. Discovery seems to be the, sort of the biggest challenge for users, sh- biggest challenge for brands. Right. So one of the things that's been happening for a while, and, and some of uh, other firms have been doing a really good job of it, is developing kind of these paid media strategies and like, do we do a social campaign? Do we, you know, where do we buy and kind of create awareness around it? Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, up until recently, that's really been an organic thing mm-hmm. because we believe that the creative should speak for itself and so then word of mouth and social will kind of help with discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it's a really, you know, wannabe hit or Amazon super interested, um, sometimes you can kind of, through their media department, find ways to get visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that definitely helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And then what about transparency? I think one of the main concerns that people have had, like let's say I'm on, and this may even be a tired example at this point, but I'm on Alexa and I was like, hey, I wanna buy some batteries. And it says, okay, I've got batteries for you, but you know, you don't know, you don't see the search results, you don't know who the batteries are. It's most likely gonna be Amazon batteries, uh, unless you uh, ask for a brand specific name, or is that a misconception? So the idea is that you have bought batteries before from Amazon. Right. And so when you say, Alexa, I want batteries, mm-hmm. she's going to buy those batteries. Yeah, but I, I'm assuming she's going to try to swerve you towards the, the Amazon batteries? Nope. No. There's no, the, what's really great about Amazon is yeah. the idea that uh, from a distribution perspective, we're the hub. Mm-hmm. So we are not at all concerned at the moment mm-hmm. about our own personal products. Mm-hmm. We are here to proliferate all products equally. Right. Do you, do you think that that message has been delivered clearly enough? Or no. Received? Yeah. No. I don't think very, few, very many people actually know that that's what's in play at the moment. Right. Um, so if you were to advise uh, either <laughs> Amazon or Google at this point about what they should be thinking of next? Well... Google has, you know, it's always challenging to move a big ship. Mm -hmm. And so that ship, even with all of its amazing elements, is now starting to move into this because of the global, the Google Assistant on phones and all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I really like where they're taking things. Uh, You know, we've started to really get uh, more involved with how they roll out services and develop skills. So... We, we like where they're at. Um, the Amazon, I mean, Amazon's on their way to, they are on their way to singularity on some levels. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is really interesting on how we think about how should you have a suite of devices. Mm-hmm. Do you want an Echo? You don't want an Echo. Do you want a Spot? Oh, you don't want a Spot. Do you want a Show? Oh, do you want a Show? Right? So do I want a Fashion? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is, they're creating a device based on user behavior mm-hmm. and numbers that tell them that we know this audience will do this. Mm-hmm. We know this audience is interested in that. And so as we start proliferating these things into vehicles, and mm-hmm. the Fords and the Audis and the Nissans um, all have Alexa at their disposal, now becomes a seamless piece. And what they've really done well is obviously launch the business um, side to where now if I'm a big corporation, there's no reason that we shouldn't have Alexas in every office. There's no reason that we can't reinvent the conference room experience, turn off the lights, dial up the conference line, do timesheets. I mean, all of these things that mm-hmm. have been kind of a, an, I say, a slight annoyance to us in the business world could be easily and efficiently minimized. Dealt with, yeah. And then, but this goes back to like a, a device for every occasion, a device for every room. How do you 
address the 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 creep factor or the this thing's always listening to me factor well the reality is that you can you, you can reset and turn it off at any time right okay so but again this goes back to the beginning if she's off then she's not learning right how you how you roll so th- those are the decisions that we make i mean there have been a lot of other services that have been tracking you for years for sure ones in your pocket there are other social elements that are also mm-hmm. acutely aware of all the things that you do. So uh, another device that's there to really drive utility mm-hmm. and not necessarily get into your pocket, mm-hmm. right? She's not here to take money from me mm-hmm. is, you know, are some of those social platforms is your phone. I mean, other things are, that's, that's the basis of their existence. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that's not what she's about. So the reality of her, Knowing what I'm doing or always listening or there to be my helper, I don't see what's wrong with that at all. No, I know some smart people, though, who are a little paranoid about bringing them into your house. What do you What do you say to them? I'm paranoid about crossing <laughs> the street some days, but, you know. <laughs> what's the risk in, in for brands not thinking about voice today? Let's say they're like, oh, we don't have a voice strategy yet. What would you tell them? I would tell them good luck. Mm-hmm. I hope that you wake up to the reality very soon mm-hmm. that you have – an opportunity to be in everyone's home pocket or car. Mm-hmm. And this is the fastest moving technology medium in history. And mm-hmm. given where we are at this point of just humanity, mm-hmm. when you think about you know crypto, blockchain, like all the different technologies, everything that's going on, you probably want to look a little deeper into how quickly you can at least be a player in the space. You don't need to solve a major problem, but you need to at least understand how quickly it's moving, where the utility can be for you and your audience, and how you as a brand can add that value to my daily life. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, some of the skills that, you, that you've built. What is it you've done, you said music, you said nonprofit, as well as for brands. Can you give an example of a skill that you've, you guys are sort of proud of? This is your uh, one opportunity to to pitch. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I mean, our UNICEF skill is saving lives. I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool, that right? Pretty cool. We get we have kids exercising in the living room. Yeah. And then UNICEF sends food packets to like <laughs> poor countries. I mean, yeah. you know, who's saving lives with a skill? I think I think that's pretty legit. That's, that's a good skill. <laughs> I mean, and we just started. Like, you know, we, we have an, a continued engagement with them. We expect in the next six months we can start running contests and like create. Mm-hmm you know, ways for businesses to compete to then generate more money, i.e. food, mm-hmm. i.e. feeding people. So we've mm-hmm. barely scratched the surface on where that's going to go. When did that When did that skill come out? Uh, that came out in October, and we'll be probably updating it in the next month or two to start moving into the next lane of, uh, of just making it better. So I'm, I'm, I, have a, I have a dot. I have two, I have two kids, 12 and uh, 9 years old. Will the what would the would the UNICEF app be or skill be something that they could use or is this more for nine year old yes yeah twelve year old no yeah why not uh, because it's really geared to empower younger kids mm-hmm. so around basically like five to ten mm-hmm. to really think about how am I in control of impacting the planet and how can I play a role in that mm-hmm. because it's tied to their Fitbit and so mm-hmm. how do you know, if I have, if I'm exercising and using the playground and all that stuff, 
am I able to, to add value to the planet? Mm-hmm. So without my parents, without anyone, I can do something. Oh, and cool. so when you think about it from the skill perspective, mm-hmm. you know, we could as a family sit around and do the exercise or I could just exercise on my own mm-hmm. and know that I'm feeding people. Yeah, you mentioned that you, had a, you have a son? No, 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 no kids. No kids. No kids. No, I you said something about five year old. Was that a hypothetical? No. Well, well, I, I had a call with someone who had five year old twins. Yeah. I hope he doesn't hear, it, but he has five year old twins, <laughs> and he has it in all of his Sonos. Oh. And so the five year olds, because it became just too much, he mm-hmm. told them that it only answers to his voice. <laughs> so he's laying in bed one time, and they're both going trying to use his adult voice <laughs> to to engage Alexa. Yeah. So we just think it's funny because what's really great is. I have friends that have two-year-olds, right. and they don't even, obviously, as a two-year-old, you're just excited that something's talking to me. Right. And then w- when you look at it from two, three, four, five, all the way through, yeah. there's a different lane of how I want to engage with it. Right. And that's what's really cool, because as a five-year-old, like, okay, I'm talking, I get it. I don't necessarily know exactly what's going on, but I get it, right? As an eight-year-old, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Can you teach me how to read, right? As a 12-year-old, can we have sex and drug education? Can mm-hmm. you help me with anxiety? As a 16-year-old, can you help me think about going to college? As an 18-year-old, can you help me be better as a freshman in college? Mm-hmm. As a 20-year-old, can you help me start figuring out how to manage my money? I mean, mm-hmm. so we, we look at it as every year there could be a way for us to add utility through voice skills. That's great. You've uh, read in, a, in another interview with you that you said that chatbots are at an inflection point. Can you sort of break that down a little bit? Well, that was that was a few months back. We were mm-hmm. trying to understand text-based bots versus voice-based mm-hmm. and how soon would consumers adopt voice over text mm-hmm. because we're all pretty familiar with this, mm-hmm. right? We're spending a lot of time here. And what's great is what's shaken out is that we would rather just talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 70% of 11 to 17-year-olds have used some intelligence system with their voice. Mm-hmm. So they've already figured out that this is not very efficient Mm -hmm. and I can just say Alexa order my Uber is that going to make us all lousy spellers or I guess we already are we already are (laughs) I mean we're already pretty bad spellers but I think it allow us because we're moving in a period where we need 26 to 27 hours in a day right that's the reality so if if there's something that gives me 20 minutes of my day back Mm -hmm. I'm all in Mm -hmm. and maybe Alexa's that vehicle do you do when you text do you do voice uh, dictation I don't I don't but it is gotten a lot better. It so has. I use it from time to time. Sometimes the autocorrect is insane, but yeah, it's it's miles and miles better than it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably will start in the second half of the year. <laughs> oh yeah, you have plans. <laughs> you put it in your Google yeah. calendar. Uh, what what are you looking forward to this year? We're looking forward to the idea of screens mm-hmm. becoming. Uh, an interesting lane, right? Mm-hmm. So they just launched the spot. Mm-hmm. And so we believe that that's the next alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And so then how do I wake up with Alexa? What's the first thing that I want, right? If I have an alarm clock that I can talk to that can deliver me whatever I want, what is that experience? Mm-hmm. And so we think that's a really good place um, for us to play in, but possibly even brands or artists or even nonprofits, can you can you help me with my schedule today? Can you help me mm-hmm. think about what I should wear today? Can you help me? Right, but once so then once you start talking about the screen, you're no longer talking about voice necessarily. That's well, now we're going now they're mm-hmm. they're both tied together, and so that's what's right. interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we're when it's screenless, when you don't give me the answer that I want 
I'm almost okay with it mm-hmm. because I need to think about how to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But with the screen, my expectations even go higher. Mm-hmm. So then where is that experience that you're delivering? Right. That goes back to my transparency question. If you ask a question, you don't, you know, when I ask Google something on a screen, I see all the results and I can pick the one I want. True. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we can't think about things like that. <laughs> we, we don't really care. <laughs> all I care about is when I ask for something, how soon is it happening? Yeah. And how much better is it making my day? Right. And so we want to do stuff that does that. What is it? What is voice not good for that a lot of people think it is good for? Uh, that's a good question. I have not thought that voice isn't good for anything for a while. <laughs> I think we could solve. We've been solving problems with our voice for thousands of years. So yeah. I haven't really. I don't know. I mean, a voice skill. We don't think it's good for buying a car yet, but we believe that we have a way to use it in the car. Right. Uh, we don't think um, that we're going to buy an airline ticket yet, but we know that you can give us offers and deals. Mm-hmm. We don't think, you know what I mean? So it really depends on the vertical. Mm-hmm. And so then how do you want to add, again, that value utility from a strategic perspective that just makes sense um, for me? We know that obviously as a nonprofit, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. right? You can build awareness. We know that it it's great for CPG. We know that it's great... Um, you know, for, for gaming. And so how do we take gaming to another level? Mm-hmm. Because games can be a part of entertainment and movies. Mm-hmm. Games can be a part of games that already exist, or we can create new lanes. I and mean, this the education can be... Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that th- those things I think we're, we're going to figure out pretty quickly mm-hmm. and then have really defined lanes of execution that are fun. You guys have a voice DMP, DMP's data management platform. Yes. What do you do with that data? What is the data that you're collecting and what does it inform? Right. So we look at uses and intents and you know soon we'll have a better read on location. Mm-hmm. And so the idea, again, when you look at the skill and how it's learning and learning you, so then if I can learn how you use it and how you're interacting with the skill, then I can make that skill better when we have scale of numbers, mm-hmm. right? I can look at an audience of a thousand and say, okay, 900 people made it to this point in the skill. Mm-hmm. 200 of them really like this piece. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go back and optimize this piece and get these guys to continue that journey? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's super interesting because from a behavioral data perspective, voice is super unique. I mean, we live in a, you know, a very user experience, UI driven space, right? When you go online, that, that UI, some wonderful designer made that for you. Mm-hmm. When you pick up your phone, that app, someone made that for you. Mm-hmm. Well, in voice, there's zero UI because mm-hmm. I just want to say what I want to say. And so then it's up to you as the device to either figure out where to take me mm-hmm. or for you to lead me down that road. And so that's where behavior really shifts. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting from a data perspective because if you're a brand, a company, et cetera, you really need to be thinking about all this data collection and how you collect it. And you've been doing that in other mediums for a while, mm-hmm. but you haven't been doing that in voice. And so that's what's super, super interesting because now you have an extra new lane to really figure out how to do other marketing, advertising. Is, there, is there a data point that is sort of viewed as the holy grail in voice? Retention. Yeah. Yeah, because if you so for what's ha- what's been happening for a long time is people would use it and then they'd be like, oh, that's cool, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to 
beyond the weather and the music, but like, I like that skill or I want to engage with that skill. I'm going to tell my friends about that. Mm-hmm. And so then we can see, because we have the DMP, we can start mm-hmm. seeing the numbers spike and then figure out where to optimize that experience. Mm-hmm. And that that brings us to true personalization, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, back to like where I want to learn how to interact with you, well, then why don't I personalize it for you? Mm-hmm. Why don't we start personalizing where you get to play with this device on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. And that's much better than all the other marketing vehicles we've had to date. And that personalization is both sort of programmed from external uh, inputs as well as software that learns as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the AI, the mm-hmm. NLP, you're learning how I use it, mm-hmm. right? And we're at the, obviously the very early stages of this. I mean, the, the idea is, you know, we had a discussion. I was uh, on a panel with all these really cool educators, and we were talking about, you know, manners for kids. Mm-hmm. And if kids just start saying, Alexa, I want this, you know, when they're 14 and we've already got a lot of issues, how do we mm-hmm. retrain them to have really good manners? And so then could we start making inputs that she understands that it's a child, you didn't ask nicely <laughs> and say, you didn't say please, yeah. right? So can we start working on teaching manners with right. the device from an education perspective? So. Yeah. That, that's that's to us is pretty cool because then can we just make society and humans better overall? Yeah, people in my house get real rude to Alexa really quickly. <laughs> and, and and that's our point. Like, yeah. if we're creating this behavior of rudeness with these devices with children, at some point we're all going to pay for that. Right. So let's try to nip that in the, the butt now. The Alexa army rises. <laughs> <laughs> I want my Oreos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, this was great. Well, thanks. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, that was Doug Robinson of Fresh Digital Group. I want to thank him for joining us today. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Dave Hall, our esteemed and able producer, for producing. Uh, this is Brian Breaker. I'm the editor of AdAge. This has been AdLib. Be sure to check us out at adage.com, at iTunes, at Spotify, uh, wherever good podcasts are found. Give us lots of ratings, subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see you next time.